Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Eat My Catfish Studios, it's time for Arkansas's number one caller-driven sports show. It's Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network with your hosts, Randy Rainwater and Rick Schaefer. Lock it in and get ready to dial us up. Drive Time Sports is on the air. Hour number two at Drive Time Sports and the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer standing by in Northwest Arkansas. I'm Randy Rainwater from the capital city. Now to Trey Betty. Brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service. 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker. Dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. I think the SEC office had to have messed up. I I, I can't, never before since Arkansas has joined the SEC did they hand out four different honors concerning football to an Arkansas Razorback football player. Yeah, well, I mean, they give out too many, first of all, but uh, <laughs> okay. it is good to see. Well, they're all co, except for Bo Lemmer. Bo Lemmer got SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week, but everybody else is a co with somebody else. Like, why can't you, why can't you just give it to one person? Why is it? And it's like that every week. I'm tired of it, Randy. I'm tired of all these co. <laughs> I want one winner. I want one offensive guy, one defensive guy, one defensive lineman, one freshman. One. It's right up there with Rick complaining about having wow. four four all SEC preseason teams. <laughs> That's right. Well now I, I, I did, team all SEC. I did hear sure. this morning on Morning Madness where Rick got on to him again <laughs> over the unbelievable. Yeah. And I, well, I used it so nonchalant. I I I felt sorry for the morning guys because they they haven't heard Rick in his wrath like that, and yeah. I, you know I I don't know if if um, you know he's going to get his contract renewed now for I the, can't Rick it, it was used so nonchalantly like this was unbelievable you know <laughs> was it no it wasn't unbelievable it was believable what about what about Unreal Unreal okay. No, Unreal's okay. Why is Unreal okay? <laughs> Unreal is okay because because it's it it doesn't seem real, but it happened. You're not saying it didn't. It's just hard to believe. To me, unbelievable should be used if you've either never seen it before or it is so rare that it's you know once or twice in your lifetime. That is unbelievable. But uh, otherwise, so you can't use it. It just has to fit that. Well, just but Unreal. Of, I don't know. Look, it I, seems more tangible to me. Well, just think about it, Trey. Watch any NFL telecast. Watch any any MLB. Net, watch any college football telecast in a three hour. If you don't hear the word unbelievable at least ten times, tell me. Mm-hmm. Troy Aikman yeah. uses it all the time. Oh, it, that would be no. That's a low number. Yeah, that's right. They they use it all the time. Really? Well, how many unbelievable plays are there in a football game? Twelve, fifteen. There's a bunch. There's a bunch. They're unbelievable. You they're, did they're, not believe they occurred. No, I'm, I'm still stunned. That some of them okay, occurred. enough of that. I, you, you know what bugs me a little bit? Time. Don't don't waste Trey's time when pe- here. When people say all of a sudden, all of a sudden, or all of a sudden, yeah, because nobody ever nobody ever says suddenly, <laughs> and suddenly means the yeah. same thing. It's way more concise. Well, Olivia Newton-John had a great song called "Suddenly." I loved it. Yeah, she didn't say it all of a sudden. She sang suddenly. Okay, I'll 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 get to other things that are believable, <laughs> such as our Asher Record Service Company live feed yeah. feedback. Mike says, Trey, 
who is out or questionable for the game against Auburn? Who? And how many guys have we lost throughout the season? Hmm. Throughout the season, I could probably go through that. But as far as guys that are out, it's like Patrick Kudis is out for the year probably with a high ankle sprain. Um, looks like uh, a Ty, a Ty Washington is out for the year with a shoulder uh, separated, sh- dislocated shoulder, I believe is what it was called, and it's going to require surgery. Um, so those two guys. Kibi Rose sounds like he's going to be fine. He's also got an ankle. He came out of the game. And then Andrew Armstrong, they're talking like he's going to be fine, but um, I don't know. As I said yesterday, it looked like he was knocked out. You know, it seems like he'd be in concussion protocol. But they're, what about Tank they're Booker? talking like he's going to be fine. What about Tank Yeah, Booker? I mentioned Tank. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I mentioned Tank. Okay. Yeah. Um, those Is are the guys that I remember going down. As far as who we've, let's see, who have we seen go down throughout the year. Does he mean just who's out out for the year or who's been injured? <laughs> because yeah, there's well, I mean, who may not time. play against Auburn? Yeah, that, think, he, yeah. They say questionable. Yeah. And, so, and Trey, in the I'm, secondary, I'm guessing, I think they... Yeah, go ahead, Rick. We, we got asked yesterday at Dominion. I assume the funeral was this past weekend and he'll be back this week, yes. wouldn't you assume? Yeah. Yes. I would okay. assume he'd be back, yeah. Right. Um, as far as the secondary, you know, it's interesting, knock on wood, but they were so banged up last year. They've been pretty healthy. You know, they've had a few guys here and there, but nothing real, real, nothing long-term that I know of. Um, so they've been pretty fortunate there. You know, McLaughlin missed some time, obviously, with a concussion. Malik, Malik Chavis missed some time. Uh, but overall, I think they might have had one other guy get banged up at some point, but that's about it. Uh, linebacker, they had some issues early on with Antonio Greer getting healthy and with um, uh, Pooh Paul missed a little time. He had a concussion and um, got suspended for a little bit. But, you know, they've been pretty healthy at linebacker. Um, they're pretty healthy at defensive line also. You know, they've been pretty fortunate with all the depth they have. You know, they had to withstand some things here and there, but the depth has allowed them to, you know, to still compete pretty well. Uh, but defensive line looks like it's pretty healthy as long as uh, Keevy Rose can go, or excuse me, not Keevy Rose, but Tank Booker. Um, and then we talked about Kudis on the offensive line. And they've had, you know, Devon Manuel's been banged up a little bit with uh, a stinger and a couple other things. But he's seeming like he's he, he seems like he's in good shape, um, and running back should be okay now that Rockets back and Dominion should be back, and then I guess we're waiting to see what happens with Andrew Armstrong at wide receiver, and then of course uh, early in the year Sam Bakke, a guy that I thought was going to help them based on what I saw in practice, I thought he would help them this year. You know he's been out all season with an ACL, and I think that's pretty much it. Dre. Who is going to step up at the tight end position? I, I'm sure I saw the depth chart. Uh, Nathan Bax appears to be the starter. Gums back up. Where do they go? Do they? Well, of course they uh, needed to be Gums. They needed to be Gums. Gums is to me the only one that can, you know, really be a you know an asset for them. Um, I don't mean that against the other guys. He's just not playing very well. Um, and Gums has some potential. Now he's, as Pittman said, he you know has kind of been playing through an ankle injury all season, and seems to be better now. But you know he's got to be more aware when he's out there. He cost him you know that penalty on that illegal mm-hmm. shift where he just wasn't set. Um, you know they're going fast and he's going slow. You know you need to you got to pick it up. Um, so there's been some issues like that here and there, but as far as catching the ball, he's as you know good a pass catcher as they've got. I mean, he set records at North Texas for tight ends and receiving yards, and um, I believe receiving, I believe receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. And he was just a redshirt freshman last year, so uh, to me, he's got to be the guy that steps up for him at, at tight end. Pretty plain and simple. I mean, they're down to that. <laughs> so is Easter, is he technically now the number three tight end? I don't know. If the, I don't know how much Easter has played, actually. I, I need to look at the participation report and see, you know, who's got time left to play. I don't think he's played yet. Play. Who yeah, has been wearing 46? I played the game. Who is I'm wearing sure. 46? With, it has no name on the jersey. It's a tall, hmm. slender dude, hmm. With and they, they change his number out when they put him on special teams, so he's got no name back there. But I was thinking, I was wondering, is that Easter? But it, whoever it is, it's he's tall and slender, and he's out there to, to try to block field goals. <laughs> um, don't know. Because he was out there Saturday. But I don't know if that's Easter or not. Hmm. 
If he hops like a bunny, it could be him. Okay. 46. <laughs> you knew that was coming. Okay. I'm looking at the participation chart. And when it comes to 46, it goes 44 Francis yeah, it skips it. Sherman. Then it goes all the way to 48, which is Stein, Eli Stein. So, disguising this guy, yeah. whoever he is, right? Yeah. Whoever he is, is it's an unknown. Huh. Uh, on, on the participation on the season, let's see, what number is Easter? Oh, gosh, I'll have to Anybody look at know? that. I'll have to look let's at that. See. Okay, where's that? Where's He's that? number 80. 80, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so Easter is listed as not having played at all this year. So I don't know who 46 think, is. I didn't think he had. Oh. I didn't think he had either, unless. but I was, I was trying to figure out who 46 was. Hmm. Tall, slender dude. Who can jump? Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I go back to my offensive uh, participation chart. 44 Sherman, then it jumps to 50, which is Cole Carson. And then let's see if I got a 46... It was a it, no, the forty six was a number change. They they put him in that number, you know, like when they say so and so is wearing is now wearing number forty six because he goes out on special teams. You know when they make an announcement yeah, like that, yeah. so they don't have a duplicate number. That's that's whoever that is 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 wow. forty six temporarily. That's a question for Sam Pittman tomorrow. Sounds like. Um, what about Maddox Lassiter? Maddox Lassiter from uh, from Warren, Arkansas. He'll, you know, he's a guy that's going to help him on special teams and stuff. They're moving Hunter Talley up. I think Sam said Hunter Talley will be fourth team at tight end. Uh, but Lassiter is a guy that they like, you know, down the road. Pittman said, you know, maybe a guy that one day could be a scholarship type player for him. Uh yeah, Easter is eighty, but I don't. I don't even. I don't have Laster on my participation sheet, so we'll see. All right, let's talk. They talked about him as a possibility to help on special teams. I think last week. All right, this is uh, from the eight seven zero by way of our Southern Structural Solutions Buzz text line. It says forty six is Owen Lawson. Owen Lawson. Okay. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Then um, number forty-six. He's listed at forty-six. Yeah, that's not who forty-six was, though. I'm looking at his picture right now. I don't think that's the same guy. Okay. The forty-six I'm talking about. Yeah. That they had were in the temporary. This is forty-six is Owen Lawson's permanent number. I'm talking about like he go. He goes. I mean, Owen Lawson's a punter. This guy's. Yeah. It's not him. It's not him. Let's talk with Tracy. Tracy, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey? Hi, uh, yes, this is Tracy. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Been Thank you. you guys since the nineties. Uh, but I wanted to uh, make. I've, I haven't been really motivated to call before. I like listening to you all and listen to the comments. But there's only twice I've really been motivated to call. Once was when Brandon Allen was playing and everybody was giving him a hard time. I really wanted to call and defend him in that case. And the next time is all of the, when we discussed players uh, on the football team, we just always talk about nicknames. We address them by their nickname. It has become a pet peeve of mine since Sam has been there, Coach Pittman. I have no idea sometimes who y'all are talking about. And I'm, a, I'm, an old, I'm an old athlete. I love sports. I know Razorbacks inside and out. My daughter was Tyler Scaife. She played big-time ball. I know sports. I played football, Delta State. I mean, I, I know the game, and I know players. I follow Razorbacks closely. And I don't know some of these players. You just mentioned Tank. I don't even know who Tank is. So, But yeah. this isn't the first Anthony. time. It happened a lot. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, Tank is Anthony Booker. Um, okay. Yeah, so I can give you a rundown real quick. That there's a lot of nicknames now, nowadays. Seems like it's picked up. There was a there was a period back in like the 2000s and stuff, and maybe 2010s, where everybody's nickname started being like A Rod and 
KD and all this, like initials mm-hmm. and parts of their name and stuff. That's not a nickname, you know. A nickname is like yeah. Shoeless Joe Jackson, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, Snacks Johnson, that's Lorando Johnson. He plays nickel and cornerback. Nudie McLaughlin is Dwight McLaughlin, and he got that because he yeah. – Used to run around naked when he was a little kid. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Snacks gave himself that nickname because he likes hot Cheetos, I guess. And um, Tank Booker is, you know, six Big four, man. six five, three hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I figured, think is that. I, I, I don't I know if that's everybody, figured, but I figured some of them. You know, I figured some of them out, but and, you know, it's been frustrating. Coach Pittman likes using those nicknames when he's in the press yeah. conference in different places and. I mean, I, I look at the rosters, and I'm, I've gotten a little bit familiar with some of the nicknames. You know, of course, I know Rocket, and I know uh, Nudie, and I mean, I, find, Rocket, I yeah. frustrated at first. I didn't know who Nudie was last year, but figured it out. But I'm just saying, as a, a, a you know, I would like it if if it's all possible. If y'all kind of spread the word, but <laughs> I know I'm not the only one kind of mm. frustrated. Mm. Uh, kind of when you say the nickname, maybe give just a. Just who they are, just you know, be great. You know, especially in a press conference. You know, if Coach Pittman could just use their real name, and you know, he can hashtag the nickname if he wants to. But it'd be great. But anyway, that's no big deal, but just something that would help me. Maybe I'm the only one thinking like that. Thank you, Tracy. No, I don't think you are. Uh, I'm sure there are others. As okay, well. I am getting he knows this. what a hashtag is. I thought a lot of, he said he was older. A lot of older people think it's just a pound sign. Yes, pound sign to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I'm getting this from multiple sources, including one uh, from Jimmy Simpson by way of Cersei. It was announced 17 wearing 46 was Tyrone Broden. Tyrone Broden. Oh, really? that, makes tall, that makes sense because he was and tall I, and slender. I yeah. remember that now, <laughs> and I've forgotten about yeah. it. But thank you, Jimmy. And then I got that from uh, the 501 as well. So, yeah. Thank Ty- you. Tyrone Broden. Uh, let's talk with uh, Todd. Todd, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey. Yes, Trey. Uh, I was wanting to know what our chances are to get Crutchfield to recommit and are there, are, are our other commitments, especially our in-state commitments, are they getting shaky feet? Well, they've done a pretty good job holding it together, considering the circumstances. Thank you, Todd. And, you know, uh, you could understand why a player would decommit from Arkansas with the situation with coordinator. It was pretty interesting timing right before kickoff. Uh, from what I know from talking to Danny, he, who has communicated with Courtney, uh, he said he's supposed to be in Fayetteville this weekend for a visit. Um, and that's kind of how he put it. Like, are you, you know, are you coming up and this weekend? And he's like, I'm supposed to be. So... That's that's his wording. So um, I would never close the door on it, but there's a lot of people out there that uh, think Missouri has made, you know, a big move for him. So we'll see. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, this from our Southern Structural Solutions Buzz Texan. I'll let you analyze it however you want to. Comment for Trey. Running the Dan Enos offense was like trying to screw in a Phillips head screw with a flathead screwdriver. It will get the job done, but it will be a lot slower and less enjoyable experience than just using the right kind of tool. For us, Guyton as the OC and the up-tempo RPO feels like we're finally using the right tool to get the job done. That from DJ. It felt a little bit more like a flathead with a Phillips head screwdriver. Like, that's almost impossible, right? Yeah. yeah that <laughs> way, it yeah. The other that way. definitely is yeah. almost impossible. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I like the way that Chuck Barrett put it. It was The offense was constipated. And that's, <laughs> I mean, that's about the best way you can oh. put it. Mm. Woo, he's really stopped up. Let's talk to uh, Ken. Ken, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey? Yes, I do. If the season was over and the NFL draft was occurring, how, how high do you think Rocket and KJ would go in the draft? Thanks. Well, I think Rocket would get drafted maybe Thank you, Ken. later rounds considering, you know, the time off he had. But it would also depend on what kind of 40 times he runs and all that stuff and, you know, how you do at the combine. But I would think Rocket's inside, you know, the first five rounds and, you know, a for sure draft pick and maybe earlier than that. I might be, you know, getting him too low. 
Uh, with KJ, I don't think that KJ would be drafted at this point. Uh, this from our Asher Record Service. Not company. that teams wouldn't consider him, but I don't think oh, he'd be drafted. Free agency, sure. Yeah, but Chris Turnage, who's on with us Thursday night, and he's an agent, he, he says the same thing. And from our Asher Record Service company, Live Feed and Feedback, Aaron said, I don't know what's worse, sitting through insurance seminar or listening to you bumble and fumble around who number 46 is for 10 minutes straight. <laughs> sure, there's something better you can talk about on the radio. This? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's what we got. That's uh, where we are. We need to stumble and bumble some more then. Marcus <laughs> says, does Trey think they try to hold KJ from running too much until the fourth quarter to save his legs? He ran more in Florida in the second half. Yeah, I mean, it could also be, you know, just them softening them up a little bit. And, you know, I, I think that's probably possible that, you know, you want to save your best stuff for the fourth quarter and keep KJ nice and healthy and fresh. And, you know, if you can run KJ like that, then, yeah, save it for the fourth. He ran, I mean, he ran some throughout, but definitely was. Uh, very effective in the fourth quarter. So it was Rocket. I mean, and they just, they didn't abandon the run. They kept running at him, running at him. And when you do that, you know, it gets a little bit easier, a little bit easier. I've seen people, you know, all the time say, you know, it's not working, quit running. But eventually it starts getting a little bit easier and a little bit easier because as Bobby Petrino said, Bobby Petrino used to say, you know, it's the same safety, but it's a different running back. You know, if you, if you, you know, have a, a deep backfield. So you just keep kind of plowing away at him. Uh, this one real quick. Who is the Florida running back called ATN? ATN, yeah, Travis. I thought it was ETN. ETN, yeah, I think that's how you say it. His yeah. brother's in the NFL. Yeah, ETN. Played at Clemson. All right, Trey, we will talk with you tomorrow. That is Trey Giddy of Hogsports.com being brought to you by Asher Record Service Company. 1037 The Buzz is your home for Arkansas Razorback basketball. Coverage is brought to you by Red River Ford, Lion Legal, Malvern National Bank, and Genesis of Conway. Thanksgiving is almost here, which means it's time to start thinking about your holiday plans. This year, save time along with the worry and hassle and let the team at Edwards Food Giant do it for you. Their turkey dinner includes the turkey as well as their signature cornbread dressing, giblet gravy, cranberry sauce, and dinner rolls. All fully cooked, homemade, and ready for you to heat and serve to your family. If that's not enough, their deluxe turkey dinner also includes sweet potato casserole, green beans, and apple pie. Now that's what I call a Thanksgiving spread. Click on edwardsfoodgiant.com to view their full menu and find out how to order your dinner. Stacked Commercial Truck and Trailer Repair is not only truck and trailer focused. They service and repair all types of equipment. Forklifts, boom lifts, excavators, dozers, loaders, and more. From warehousing to excavating, they've got you covered. Go see why Stacked is known for having some of the friendliest staff and most knowledgeable technicians in the industry. For trucks, trailers, RVs, material handling, or construction equipment, Stacked Commercial Truck and Trailer in Whitehall. Buy now, make no payments till February, plus available sales tax paid. Only at Frank Fletcher Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram in Sherwood. You can get that new Dodge Chrysler Jeep or Ram that you've been waiting for and save your cash for the holidays. Drive home today and make no payments till next year. We've got 2.9% financing on all new Rams and up to $12,000 in discounts. And over 10% off on 23 Ram 2500s and 3500s. It's the best time to buy a new Ram heavy-duty truck. We're making deals every day like it's the last day of the month. At Fletcher Dodge, you always get the best price, the lowest finance rate, and more for your trade. And we promise you a hassle-free buying experience. Buy today and make no payments till February plus available sales tax paid. Save up to $12,000 on new Ram Limiteds and over 10% off on Ram 2500 and 3500. Shop Fletcher Dodge and Sherwood before you buy anywhere else. Come see us in person at Fletcher Dodge on Warden Road in Sherwood or shop online at FletcherDeals.com. David Dunn here with Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. We're the area's largest and highest rated independent diesel repair facility for all makes and models, from transmissions and brakes to suspensions and engine repair. If you're tired of high dealership prices and long wait times, come see what family-owned and locally operated really means. Expert technicians and the latest computer diagnostics will get your equipment back on the road fast. 
Take the England exit on I-440 to Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer, 568-2185. That's Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. Today is the day. After countless hours of research, cutting back expenses, and nine months of anxiously waiting for her, today is the day you finally bring home your new car. It's also the day to protect her with an auto policy from Shelter Insurance. Our policies are competitively priced and include new car replacement coverage if anything were to happen to your new baby. See shelter agents Steve Ferguson in Little Rock, Todd Session in Moralton, or Kyle Stone in Pine Bluff. Live from the Eat My Catfish studios, you feed your crave for sports by listening to Drive Time Sports. Much like you feed your crave at any of the seven Eat My Catfish locations. Drive Time Sports, tapped with refreshing sports opinion on the Buzz Radio Network. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports and the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. In a moment, we'll be joined by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, thanks to our friends at Fence Brokers. But first... I want to save you some time, but I also want to save you some money, and that is the holiday season is approaching, and without any question, our ladies love diamonds. Our ladies love that beautiful jewelry, whether it's a pendant, diamond earrings, bracelets, maybe it's time to, you want to upgrade that wedding band or that engagement ring that you gave years ago go see robert irwin jewelers save yourself a bunch of time save yourself a bunch of money and um, you will be the best santa claus that ever happened this upcoming christmas and some of the other added advantages uh, such as the diamond trade-up program when it's time that you decided you need to get that new diamond. Bring your original diamond back to Robert Irwin Jewelers. Pick out a new diamond. And you only pay the difference. That's, I mean, is that not beautiful or not? So whether we're talking engagements, anniversaries, birthdays, congratulations, I love you, I'm sorry, Merry Christmas, whatever the occasion, that's where you'll find Robert Irwin Jewelers. Bigger, brighter diamonds, better prices, Save yourself time. Save yourself money. Do your shopping at one place. One-stop shop. That is Robert Irwin Jewelers. McCain Mall in North Little Rock and in the Pleasant Ridge Town Center, Highway 10, Cantrell Road, next to the Fresh Market. And Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoopscoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. Well, Kevin, if you were passing out a grade for the opening of the 101st season of Arkansas basketball, what grade would you give Arkansas for last night's effort against Alcorn State? I'm going to give Arkansas an A minus. And why would you only give an A minus? Why not an A? <laughs> well, I, I guess I listen to Eric Mussman too much. He's always going to find something to complain about, leaving a little well, bit. Of course. Uh, yeah. I, I thought Arkansas probably could have done a better job in the paint defensively at times. I noticed what he did, um, and I thought he was trying to send a message to some guys and saw some veteran guys maybe not get a lot of clock, a lot of yeah, run. I think some of them got some splinters last night. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, you know, if not probably for that part of it, I'd, I'd probably just say a solid A, but I think there's stuff to work on still. You know, uh, but, but you, you win your home opener. There's upsets all over college basketball. Uh, Mussman talked about it, and I noticed when I was doing my post game live on YouTube last night, Hogville Net YouTube Live, uh, ESPN uh, notification popped up on my screen, and, and you know Michigan State was upset at home by James Madison's and you know, fourth ranked team. So 
He's right. And and Alcorn State's a two time conference defending conference champion. It's the swag, but you know, these teams can rise up and so you wanna have be able to play all thirteen scholarship players in both halves, which Arkansas was able to do. So most of it was good, Randy. I'm so impressed with what Trevor Brazil continues to show us. I mean, this guy, remember now, it was just a few weeks ago, very uncertain after being out almost a year when he'd even get back to practicing in a competitive nature. Uh, now he's, he just, he just looked, he looked good against Purdue. He looked good in this game. I told you guys on the pro day before all of that that he blew all the scouts away. Um, and he, you know, on Monday, what a day for him. I mean, he's named to the 50 player watch list for the Naismith Trophy National Player of the Year. He's already been preseason first team all SEC picked by the coaches and the media. And then he goes and has a nice game, very efficient. I mean, four or five from the field, four fourth the foul line. He was five or five at the line against Purdue. I mean, he's doing, he's just checking all the boxes. He's three big dunks, he hits a three. Uh, you know, he did get ejected for coming onto the court on that flagrant one review, uh, but that didn't end up being a big deal, and it certainly he's not going to have to pay for that moving forward because it wasn't at the level where he gets suspended. There's a suspension. So I love Brazil. Caleb Battle, you see all the hullabaloo about this guy as a score and a three-level score at that, and just a hard nose that, that East Coast mentality, tough kid, and I, I've loved his defense so far. And then Tremont Mark, I mean, this is a guy, be very careful to only focus on guys like Brazil and Debo when we're talking preseason, uh, you, know, po- you know, looking ahead and predicting postseason honors. I mean, this guy's already looking all league to me this early. Arkansas's just got a lot of pieces. I think the one thing that's maybe shifted just a little bit, and this would be the other thing that goes into that A-, minus. I think Arkansas is not completely settled on the lead guard. I thought LLS was brilliant. When you combine the red white game and the first division, the first exhibition game against Division Two uh, Texas Taller, I thought his 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 ability to run the team as a lead guard. There are things that are just not quite hitting on all cylinders. Looking back at Purdue and even stretches of this game with turnovers and uh, just kind of a feel for for setting teammates up, and I think he's still. I'm not going to call it an internal battle, but this guy spent most of his career as, a, as an elite scorer, and I think he's trying to juggle and balance that combo guard and that the, the facilitator first part of that and playing with pace and keeping turnovers reduced and those kind of things. So I mentioned the interior defense, the, you know, some of that stuff, but also I think maybe L. Ellis is still maybe more of a work in progress, and it's not crazy. I mean, we're just one game into the regular season. It, not everybody's going to have everything figured out, but I thought he, you know, what we thought before these last two games, maybe he was on a, a little further along. I'm not saying he's had a setback, but I think you just have to sometimes readjust expectations. I thought, Rick, you were about to say something. No. Hmm. Uh, Graham, uh, I talked with Patrick about this earlier. Uh, Jalen Graham, I mean, this is a young man that's been battling back spasms, and apparently uh, they will get that resolved where he. He didn't get to play in the exhibition games. He, that was his first action last night. I thought he looked a little bit bigger, Kevin, but I'm watching by way of television, and sometimes television can make you look like you've added a couple of pounds. Has he beefed up a little bit? Uh, they're showing him at 6'10", 220. Uh, I think he needs then to add more pounds, if that's the case, 220. But I thought he played effective in in his first real action, uh, again, without any exhibition or red, white, or anything. He was finally able to step out on the floor last night for Arkansas. Yeah, I thought he, you know, Mussman was pleased with what he he turned in, and you know, Mussman had a comment in the post game about, you know, guys are maybe guys are still playing their way out of the rotation and maybe playing their way mm-hmm. in. And I think that was a signal to some and. He tipped his hat, but he was pleased with what he saw from Graham. I mean, the guy played 14 minutes and gave you eight points and eight rebounds. We know he's capable of scoring, right? Uh, but it, you know, what is he going to give you on the glass? What kind of physicality can he play with? Uh, you know, this was a smaller front line, so this was not the kind of challenge. It wasn't the kind of challenge that's given him problems that gave him problems last year. But we've been told throughout June and July that this is a changed man in terms of paying attention to the details that matter on all the little stuff not just being not just 
having fun being good on offense, but doing some of the other things, checking some of the other boxes. And so we just haven't seen enough. But in this one performance, uh, you know, outside of Brazil, he was the guy on the front line that caught everybody's attention with some of the stuff he was doing. Again, there were eight rebounds in 14 minutes. Uh, that's not something I would have predicted for, for Jalen Graham based on history that uh, from last season. What we saw last night, did you see roles, and I'm talking about from Eric Musselman's perspective, did you see roles starting to identify themselves? Not really. I think the Purdue game gave us a better glimpse because it was competitive, and it was one of those mm-hmm. where you're really paying attention. Who's on the floor at the end of, that, in the end of that game? I think, but I think in this one game, you see guys like Trayman Mark. I mean, there's no doubt this guy's got all league stuff stamped all over him. Uh, Rick's probably going to jump in here and say I'm being too literal, <laughs> and that's not accurate. But no, 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 it's okay. In a figurative and, and you're way, right. this guy has all. Right. I, I think this guy has cemented day one starter, everyday starter game closer and probably one or two choices to have the ball in his hands at the end of games. And so in a game like last night where that wasn't needed, you still see him. He was four of six from three. Who saw this guy being a threat from three in volume and efficiency like that? I'm not saying he's going to do it every night, but he hit the big three against Purdue to get it to overtime. And he just, he, if you're, I saw him as a jack of all trades, a solid defender, a really good potential elite defender, going to get deflections, going to make the right pass, going to pull up with those mid-range shots or slash. If he adds three-point shooting like this or even close to it, you, this is a special player. And we know he's got a winning pedigree like Devo coming in. So to me, I think he just proved last night he cements that. I think Caleb battled his ability to score at all three levels, get to the foul line, and then knock him down at a near 90% clip. Now, 89% last night, and that's what he did last year at Temple playing in 27 games. So uh, he was efficient scoring the ball, too. And he can, excuse me, scoring. Rick, I said scoring the ball. I apologize. Okay. Uh, what else would they be scoring? Um, <laughs> that's exactly what well, Kevin, you figured that out. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, I, I, I walked into it, but I tried to self-correct. But look, right. so some of these guys, in a, in a, so I think, did we really see rotate? Well, everybody played and everybody got a lot. You know, not everybody gets the same amount of minutes, but everybody got enough to still make you wonder about a few spots. Uh, but I think some guys, I think Ellis is a guy that's still trying to figure things out. I think, and then it'll be game to game with a guy like Battle because we're still not sure can he stay healthy with the foot. You know, that's one of the things you, you wonder about. I'm not trying to jinx anything, but he's been kind of in and out since he's been in Arkansas. Now he's back in. And he looked, you know, he was Arkansas by Not average, good. the leading scorer in the two yeah. exhibition games. Yeah. Well, you know, all these things that you're saying, and everybody got a chance last night, uh, th- this may be a foolish question. I'll admit it up front. Do you think that in most games, eight or nine guys might play this year instead of six or seven? Do you think that's even a possibility? Yes. It, it, and, and here's why I think that. I think he's. I think at some point, when you look at a box score, they're, they're going to get into the. Especially in the SEC, there were so many games where it's really only five or six playing a ton of minutes, and then you had that seventh or eighth guy they were using. You know, maybe it was situational. Maybe it was a Chris likes uh, to be on the floor in certain uh, end of the games to make free throws. Or there's so you'll see guys or Trey Wade start a game, and some nights he plays six minutes, some nights it's twenty five or thirty depending upon the matchup and how things are going. So you just never know. But I think because there's more quality at every position and different and a versatility of skill sets, you might see him in-game give Davenport and Penning a look for a few possessions. So you might see eight or nine, but I think when it really comes down to it, guys, I think we're going to see a tight group to close out games. Um, and I, and I, don't, I don't think it's going to be a, a submarine thing like we might see in some of these home games early when the lead, you know, where, they, where they're having their way out of the gates and they're trying to play everybody. Hang on, Kevin. Razorback Graffiti every Monday morning. Call Morning Mayhem and let them know how you feel about how they did. One sentence and one sentence only. This is the Pigskin Preacher bringing you the word. With the addition of Oregon and Washington, the Big Ten seems well on its way to becoming the Big 20 or 24. So much for math. 
A lot of fans are unhappy with this new conference arms race, but others are happy that it should result in better matchups than Western Michigan, Samford, Bowling Green, and Tennessee Martin being on the docket. Regardless of what fans think, it's coming. And the reason is simple. Money. As a great rap song from the 80s told us, they did it for the M-O-N-E-Y. Yes, they did. Double B's is the place where your M-O-N-E-Y will go farther. Watch for Double B specials each month, in addition to the already low prices. Double B's. It's where you gas it, grab it, and go. That's Double B's. With over 350 land specialists in 40 states, Whitetail Properties Real Estate is the premier rural real estate company in North America. And Mike Poor, your local Whitetail Properties land specialist, combines local expertise with the Whitetail Properties national reach to reach more buyers who are looking for hunting land, farmland, and rural homes. So if you're thinking about selling, you need to give Mike Poor a call today at 501-428-7177 or visit whitetailproperties.com. At Arvest Bank, we're ready to help turn your money into more money. With Arvest 7-Month No Penalty CD, you get a guaranteed rate of 5.00 annual percentage yield, earning interest on day one, plus unexpected flexibility. If you need to withdraw early, there's no penalty, unlike most CDs. Now that's helpful. Open an account today at arvest.com slash flexible savings or at any of our 200 plus locations. Member FDIC, $1,000 minimum to open. No withdrawals permitted within the first six days. With tens of thousands of satisfied patients across America, it's no surprise QC Kinetics gets five-star reviews. I'm feeling on top of the world because of QC Kinetics. I'm able to do the things that I wasn't able to do for a long time. I can recommend them highly. I would recommend QC to anybody. QC Kinetics has changed my life. I couldn't believe it. I honestly was skeptical, but the pain went from a 10 to a zero. Real people with real lasting relief from joint pain. QC Kinetics Regenerative Medicine is regenerating me. It was super successful, and I recommend everyone seek out QC Kinetics as an alternative to surgery. This non-surgical approach is definitely the future. I tell as many people as possible. I am an ambassador. I love QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine. No drugs, no surgery. Call QC Kinetics now for your free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. Now, back to Drive Time Sports, live from the Eat My Catfish studios. Eat fresh, eat local, eat my catfish. The number one sports radio show in Arkansas. Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports and the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoopscoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. All right, Kevin, this from our Asher Record Service Company live fan feedback from Gold Glove Benson. says, Kevin, have you watched any of Tennessee yet? I thought Hogs would be the best in the league, but Tennessee is going to be a problem. Yeah, Tennessee's, they, they returned their backcourt. Ziegler was, got injured last year, uh, but he's, you know, they, they've, just, they've got good players. They recruit well. They're well coached. Uh, I mean, there's a reason why Tennessee's picked in the top three in the league. A&M uh, lost an exhibition game. I think it was the Texas Tech. But we know A&M. A&M's a weird team, man. They don't always do well in non-conference. And then when, when SEC play starts, somehow Buzz Williams has them, you know, rising to the top of the league. Last year finished second to Bama and, and stayed pretty close up there in, the, in that race. Uh, and they got they they returned just about everybody in that starting group. So you know those two teams uh, belong in that conversation. I've always said Arkansas should be in the preseason talk for winning the league. You know Rick was asking me about rotation. Uh, could it go up to eight or nine? I don't think consistently it will, but I think there's an opportunity for there to be more games where Musselman because of all the all the options he has now. I think the depth is really good at every spot. And it gives him a chance if something's not working to maybe plug something else in there. So you might see more games 
that you expect to be closer. I mean, in these again, these kind of games against Elkhorn State, you're probably going to see everybody. There's going to be some of that. Um, they've got three more games. You know, Gardner Webb on Friday, Old Dominion on Monday, Greensboro, who took Arkansas to the wire, led a lot of that game last year. Uh, you just never know how competitive, how tough these games are going to be, and what adjustments Musman has to make uh, with 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 what's going on in the game versus what he preferred to do going into it. But I think he'd like to get as many guys playing this month, these next eleven days, and that when those four games will play out as possible. I think he'd like it to look like last night. That's my take on it. And then you go to the Bahamas um, out for, for you know what becomes a an escalate. You're playing away from home. You're playing some high major teams, and it's obviously a loaded field. And then you come home, you've got Duke. Then you play a tough mid-major infirmant at home that knocked off Virginia fourth seed in the tournament last year, knocked them off in the tournament, and then Oklahoma in a neutral side. So those six consecutive games are probably the toughest stretch of non-conference games since Melsman's been here. Uh, and so you hope these first four in November are a chance to really look at uh, different combinations and just about everybody you can get out there. Don't you really believe, though, by the time Arkansas goes to the Bahamas, he will have that rotation set? I think he's got a pretty clear idea. I, I think he's challenging guys right now. I'm talking about – and spots are up for grabs. Guys have got to deliver. They need – you know, the one thing he's talked about are, are guys doing the little things and meeting expectations, doing the things they ask consistently. And, and sometimes it's not just about the stats and what – you know, what looks good, but it's all the other little things. And so, yeah, I think he's still challenging guys, but I think he's got a pretty good idea. Uh, and he's just now wanting to see guys step up and respond and be a little better. Um, I, I don't think it's as up for grabs as he's saying publicly. Uh, this from our Southern Structural Solutions Buzz text line, this from the 479. Ask Kevin about blocker playing. Really looked like he could contribute. He had some rough stretches last night. Then he says, looks like he was benched in the game Monday. Know what happened? He fouled out. He fouled out. He had five fouls in ten minutes. Bayfall had five fouls in nine minutes. And I think what happens with freshmen that come in, I mean, Blocker's a hard-nosed kid. I've watched him a lot, and he's a young man that really tries to get into the other player when he's defending to make plays, get steals, uh, be disruptive, and at this level, you're going up against veteran guards. Uh, you, you know they they know all the little tricks, and you might do everything right until they find a way to make you contact them and get that whistle. And so it can you can pile them up pretty quick, being an aggressive kind of player. And Arkansas is now trying to play more up tempo, uh, faster paced game, and I think that applies to both ends sometimes. And, and when you play that way, uh, some of your more veteran guards know the tricks of the trade and find ways to, to push the limits and get as, away with as much contact as they can without getting all the whistles. And sometimes younger players still have that lesson to learn. And that's what I saw last night. So, uh, but I do like Leighton Blocker. And I go back to the Purdue game. It was just one, it was an exhibition game. It was just one example. I know Eric Nelson wanted to win it. I know the team wanted to win it. He had Leighton Blocker on the floor to close out both halves, first and second, on defensive possessions. We know in the second half, the game was tied at that point, and you could end up walking off your home court with a loss if you you don't get a stop on that final possession, and he put a true freshman out there. So even though now we know there's issues with with some fouling issues, uh, that may not be the case going forward. There may be some things that need to be worked on to continue to keep that trust, but they've seen him all summer long in, in, in fall camp and, they, and he had enough trust to put him in those game situations on the court. So I think he projects very well moving forward, guys. I don't know where that role goes this year, but long-term, Layden Blocker is going to be a hell of a college player, in my opinion. Well, it's it's like, I don't know if it was his fourth or fifth foul. I think it was his fourth. But there was an inbounds possession, um, and he was jostling with the guard, and it was, it, I mean, it was a slight bump at best. Uh, the official called it the foul on blocker. And uh, that's kind of like what you were saying, Kevin, that that crafty veteran guard knew how much contact he wanted to draw in order to get the foul, and he did so. And uh, that's, that's, that's a learning experience for a young man like Layden Blocker. 
Um, they bait you into stuff, that's for sure. Those those older yard that players, they know how to bait a, a rookie into things. <laughs> yeah. Bait them right into it. Yeah. And same thing with Bay Fall. I mean, I thought there were a couple of times that he just simply bodied up somebody and and uh the rookie is not gonna get the benefit of you know, of a call right now. You gotta earn that. And uh that was yeah. quite quite evident last night. Joe's opinion. Now we're gonna have Joe on a little bit later on. In fact at six o'clock we're gonna have Joe on. But where do you see Joe's role right now? Is this kind of like the the designated gunner? bringing him in you said uh there could be some uh rotation going on based upon needs or if, if there's some a struggle maybe putting the ball in the basket and you want to get that spark you bring in a guy like joe pinion is that is that kind of how you see his role yeah and they used him twice that way last year to win games right Ole miss and missouri he helped turn those situations just by that floor that gravity that floor spacer because of the quick release and ability to knock down shots at a high, you know, in high volume and efficiently, I think Ian Davenport both bring that element. It changes what your offense can do, and then it forces defenses to account for it. They can't play you exactly how they were before. Those they got to change it up a little bit, and then you dare them to leave those guys open to help on a drive or someone else. So they help even if their stats don't show it individually. Sometimes they help that box plus, like they did against Purdue just by being on the floor because it opens up things for others. So I think Joseph Pinion is a guy that can help and will help Arkansas at points in time this year. Okay, Makai Mitchell was one that we were talking about, drawing some splinters. What did you see last night from him that may have caused Musselman to, say, sit over there and watch? Yeah, I just think this was a smaller team, and I thought Arkansas was just getting a little bit worked around the basket by smaller guys. Sometimes that's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I don't know specifically. Uh, there's probably little minutia stuff uh, that, that Nelsonman, you know, doesn't have a lot of patience for that he didn't go into detail about. But I just thought there were some awkward moments for both he and even Chandler Lawson. Uh, and I think because of the, the way that game was, he didn't need those guys to win it. Maybe he needed them to sit and watch and and and. Let that soak in. <laughs> yeah. And it gives other guys a chance to play who may not play um, a whole lot moving forward. So we'll see. And he talks about post-game. He talks about uh, rotation roles and things, you know, maybe guys playing out and playing in. Uh, that'll get your attention as well. You start thinking about, well, how much did I play tonight? So you start thinking about those things. I think I think Mulsman expects a lot from uh, some of these veteran guys that have been around a while and the ones he we think he's going to be counting on he might have been just sending a message to a couple of them last night one of the best ways to get a player's attention come sit by me all right kevin we'll talk with you later on this week that's kevin mcpherson thanks to fence brokers coming up next joe's opinion zz top leonard skinnerd two american institutions unite <laughs> the sharp dressed simple man tour April 18th, Simmons Bank Arena with Blackstone Cherry. On sale now at Ticketmaster.com. <laughs> 